Welcome back, everybody, to the Boiler Upload podcast. I'm your host, Travis Miller of Boiler Upload, and I was trying to think of some names earlier this week, and I was thinking like the Conductor's Room or anything else, Don't like but it. nah, <laughs> we'll, we'll come up with something. <laughs> that voice you heard was Casey Bartley, our resident writer. How are you doing tonight, Casey? Doing pretty well. It's still cold as hell down here. <laughs> and of course, we have staff writer Jace Jellison with us tonight. How you doing, Jace? I'm good. I still think we should go with the steam room. The steam room? <laughs> I don't think we're attracting the right uh, the fan base with that one. Yeah, I, I don't think that's really your demographic, really. But... <laughs> Anyway, we are here to once again talk about a little bit of all things Purdue sports, and we are off of a pretty lackluster 17-9 to football win yesterday, but a win is a win, and when you have a Battle of the fourth-string quarterbacks. What's not to love? Oh, yeah. We won the game. I'm not picky as a Purdue fan. We won a game. (laughs) That's why... That's why Florida Atlantic didn't bother me earlier in the year. It's like we won by two. So we still won. <laughs> Good teams don't win like that. I'm never gonna complain about winning, Casey. Ever. You you high step yourself to eight and four then. I will. <laughs> the the only time I'll complain about winning was that ugly, ugly Matt Harms game down in Bloomington. That just made my eyes bleed, but it was still beautiful because we won. How is that any? How is that any different than what we did against a Northwestern team? That that one's, I would say that one's sweeter. Yeah, I I mean IU is playing like actual players and not a four string quarterback. (laughs) So it was on the road, even so, it kind of makes sense that it was tougher. This was Northwestern at home, and. It's always interesting when the talk of conditions really affects Purdue. There, mm-hmm. what is it? the The key term is precision passing offense. Is is that right, Jace? You've talked That's to Brom a lot. Brom has repeated that several times in the last few weeks, which makes a lot of sense because you know when one team is playing in those conditions, the other team actually gets like you know, no wind and warmth and good conditions. It's how football <laughs> games work. That's what they're flipping for at the coin toss. <laughs> they're flipping for weather. Uh, it's just, I'm with you. It's like, you got to find a way to get, get the job done somehow. It's, you're in the big 10. You're going to play in weather. <sighs> it's a miserable sport. I, I don't know why people play it. <laughs> yeah, there's not a whole lot of, well, there is upside, but like all the downsides are <laughs> not great. So obviously we felt really good about this win, Travis. Um, it was a lot of fun. Um, we watched a half-filled ross I-, I saw the numbers. They said uh, 55,000 were in attendance. Uh, that's paid attendance. That's Where? money in the athletic Where? coffers. <sighs> I don't know. Nowhere. <laughs> it wasn't in the student section. It wasn't. At the sidelines, wasn't in the end zone. All I know is, is 
my my parents didn't make it, so my wife and son were sitting in their seats, and I listed our three tickets on StubHub, and they went unsold. But I don't think Purdue cares about that because they already made the money when I renewed season tickets back in like January. <laughs> yeah, I, it was it was good to see. It was good to see us run the ball as much as we did. Just because yeah, it was clearly we weren't going to throw the ball well, and I think we've been stubborn in the past to where we tried to force you know, our ideology onto conditions, but it, it hurts when, you know, five plays into a game, you lose your, your walk on freshman running back to a concussion. Um, probably would have been a pretty big day for what I think we've seen throughout the season that our offense operates at a much higher efficiency when Maccabees on the field compared to not. Mm-hmm. So that didn't, that didn't help the game any. Northwestern was giving up 200 plus yards per game. Um, I think in, in conference play even. And I mean, I think Kobe uh, Lewis did well, but Dylan Downing kind of had a so-so game. Like he ran for some yards, but didn't break off any big runs. Uh, I think Maccabi could have went for 200 easily. We'd, we'd be having a completely different discussion. If, if he breaks off a couple big runs and Purdue wins 21 to three, 21 to nine or 28 to nine. We also have a different discussion. If our best defensive play wasn't marred by high stepping. It is such a dumb rule. I mean, I get it. I, I get the, I know it's on the books. I understand it. And it was the right call by the letter of the law. It's still dumb that they wipe the touchdown off the board. Just, just give us the 15 yards. Fine. Give us the 15 yards and the extra point. Give it on a kickoff. I don't care. I mean, did it really make a difference in the play? No. We're 11 games into the season. So it's a little, little late for any talk that the rule book isn't fair. Every, everyone walked onto the court or walked onto the field with the same understanding of what taunting rules were. If you're yelling at, you're yelling at football, which is routinely had some of the dumbest celebration penalties there are. So, like, it's mm-hmm. just part of the thing. Just do your high-stepping after you're in the end zone. He almost got caught. It, the video doesn't look like it, but I swear from my vantage point, it really looked for a second like he was going to get tripped up. Same. That, same from where I was. <laughs> I don't, I don't, it's just an ugly game, and that would have been, like, the one highlight, and it gets taken away, which is which is very on brand. And, it, you know, they it almost cost you the game because it's not like we scored off the possession. Mm-hmm. And Northwestern had the ball down eight in the fourth quarter. So, I don't know. Just ugh, brutal. The but, defense probably played its best game, though. Actually, I think uh, Minnesota might have been the best game, all things considered. But, like, you only give up one touchdown. And, I mean, you're getting put back on the field every every fourth play in the third quarter, basically. You get two turnovers. It's still a Big Ten school. They still have an offensive line. Yeah, it wasn't pretty, but I'll take it. They they have a history of dragging teams into ugly at ugly games. Like they did it to Penn State this year. They did it to Ohio State. They did it to us. And you know, again, it's it is what it is. We won the game, though. I'm never. I'm not going to complain about a win. Yeah, I mean, it was a gimmick offense. It's weird that that's in the Big Ten West, but for some reason, I, I know there were injuries at play, but it just seems 
Fitzgerald's given up on the season. Um, and we played a wildcat offense for the second half. Literally, a wildcat it, offense running the wildcat. And we didn't let him gash us. Right, because it it reminded me a lot of the Rutgers game two years ago. Remember that, where they they just basically had two guys running a Wildcat-type offense the entire second half, and it just crushed us? So, in a way, there's at least some improvement there, because we lost that game and we won this one. So, I mean, Purdue's defensive line have been the strength probably all season, defensively. Um, they've held up pretty well against a run against everyone. Uh, coming off the Illinois game where Purdue was able to stop, you know, leading rusher in the nation. So, yeah, it, it was a pretty consistent throughout this season. So, yeah, it's a win. The only, it's fine. I was going to say my my only gripe with the defense line would be they don't have that guy that can go get after the quarterback and get 10-plus sacks in a year. I know George Karloftis isn't, isn't here anymore, but they just don't have anyone like that. But they have played well. Um, for the most part, and they have they have gotten to the quarterback a little bit, but they don't have that one key pass rusher. Yeah, there's not much speed on the line. They're pretty big. Mm-hmm. They're pretty tough. Uh, they're pretty disciplined, and they hold a pocket well. But they, uh, coming off of Karloftis, who is one of the fastest defensive linemen that we've ever had, and that's saying something. You, you definitely notice that lack of speed and play bursting ability. I thought Jenkins had a fantastic game yesterday, honestly. I thought it was one of his best. Jenkins did do very well. He had seven tackles, I think. Yeah, seven tackles. I'm pretty sure he had at least one for a loss. And he got, I mean, he was disruptive as hell. And that was good to see. Yeah, it's just hard to take anything away from a game where they're playing a quarterback. They don't have to be worried about anything past 10 yards down the field. Mm Mm-hmm. And they still almost gave up big plays. There was a few times where there was a Northwestern guy wide open, and that quarterback either couldn't get it there or just missed him. That's kind of been the MO for Purdue for three seasons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> really has. I mean, just count on the Big Ten West quarterbacks. Disappointing. And it's worked out. They are on the verge of back-to-back nine-win games, or nine-win seasons, potentially. So are we worried about Indiana? I don't play. I don't care. <laughs> well, I mean, they did win yesterday. They they went up to East Lansing and won. I mean, big I mean, comeback define, for them too. Define worry. It, it's a game Purdue should absolutely win. If we think if yeah. Purdue thinks they have any business being in the Big Ten title, they should be able to beat that IU team. Mm-hmm. Whether they play in Bloomington or Bethlehem, or Bedlam. They should beat them. <laughs> now, is that Bethlehem, Israel, or Bethlehem, Pennsylvania? Wherever. <laughs> I think there is a Bedlam, Indiana. I, I'm not too I'm not too worried. After seeing them complete two passes the entire game last week, or yesterday now, um, just stack the box and you'll be, you'll be all right. Yeah, it's playing Northwestern again. I think we can shift gears over to basketball now. And I got to say the Marquette game, damn it. If they didn't suck me back in, I I'm back in on this team after being out all off season. So congratulations, Casey. I mean, I'm in the same place. I was, it's a pretty good team. Um, you have to be impressed when a true freshman can step up in a third game like that. Braden Smith dropping 20 points. 
showed off all the dynamic ability that uh, he was kind of known for in Westfield when he was, you know, running that team to places they haven't gone in a long time. His ability to score on all three levels. Uh, it's been a while since Purdue has had that. Um, his, his jump shot is still a little shaky. I'm encouraged that it looks, it's a little bit like Jaden Ivey, uh, Jaden Ivey, his freshman year catch and shoot. Jaden Ivey did not look like he had any time on his jump shot at all, but coming off the dribble, it looked a lot smoother. Um, looked like someone who was used to having the ball in his hands. I think it's a little bit the same way with Brayden Smith when he's in control, dribbling the pick and roll pull-ups looks pretty good and in rhythm and uh, knocking down three of them just really opens up the offense, especially if you have someone big like Zach Eady um, as a pick and roll guy. Uh, and then obviously anytime Eady gets the ball, he's the best player in the country and Purdue's offensive deficiencies go away as soon as he has the ball in his hand. And I didn't think we were too deficient offensively and uh, Purdue can't shoot right now. We're, we're they're they're 28.8% from three on good looks. I'm, I'm encouraged by the, amount of open threes that we are creating naturally in our offense. Our guards all can really pass the ball. Zach Eady's been really good passing out of the double. I think he's averaging one turnover a game right now. Um, like, uh, like a wildly ro- low turnover rate for a high usage big man. And he's making the right passes and we're making the extra pass and we're getting good looks. Uh, you can't tell me Mason Gillis is going to go one for six for the rest of the year. Um, Ethan no, Morton's two for eight first is one for eight or one for six as well. Um, even Fletcher lawyer, seven for 21, even though seven of those makes are some of the m- more difficult three pointers you're going to see. He's had a couple side steps, couple shots between players, pull-ups. Uh, the, the freshman can shoot. He's going to shoot the ball. Brandon Newman is four of 14 from three. Um, he's really improved on his mid range and he's always been a good three point shooter. So I think it's a small sample size. And I think once shots start falling, this Purdue offense is going to jump up with some of the more efficient under coach Boehner. And that's saying something. It it was impressive. And it's, I I think it was key to see this team grow up. I know I mentioned it on the, on the board the other night. I think it was key to see this team grow up in the last four minutes of a game. And yeah, I call it winning time when it's a, within a possession there at the last media timeout. And this team took control in the under four that last year's team struggled to do. And to me, that really stood out. I think sometimes we we conflate uh, mental and toughness liabilities with some things that were just honestly physical in aspects of players' games. Uh, there's There's no stretch of game where... Sasha Stefanovic is going to get better when defenses tighten up. That's just not the kind of player he is. Same for Isaiah mm-hmm. Thompson. If it's physical late and the intensity is ratcheting up, that size disadvantage becomes even bigger. So when we're running out lineups with uh, Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer are two true freshmen. They have been through the ringer. They are both really good athletes. They are used to pressure. Um, those two have been double teamed and smothered. I'm assuming since they were about eight years old, they've been the best player on the floor. So I think it really shows that even though they're young, they've probably come in with more big time reps than most players that have played one, two, three years of college already. And again, when you can surround that with the different kind of big guys we have, our team is just really versatile and Purdue's able to 
match up with teams really well. Good to see. And I think it'll be interesting here the next, you know, the next couple of weeks that we don't really have a break. You get you know, West Virginia is always tough. Gonzaga, assuming you beat West Virginia, Gonzaga is going to be just a tremendous challenge, but also a great opportunity. You're getting likely a high major opponent in the third game out there. Then you got Florida State. Then you got some Big Ten games. So there isn't another cupcake game here for a while now. And to see this team, we're going to find out here in the next couple of weeks. And so far, what encouraged me is they passed the first test against a good Marquette team. Marquette's good. And we were better down the stretch. That's great to hear. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely different kinds of tests. Uh, first tough game, sure. But also at home again in Mackey. That covers up some mistakes. Uh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so it'll be good to get away from Mackey Arena, play some neutral court games against different types of teams. And the exciting thing about this Phil Knight Legacy Tournament, you've got a big collection of really big bodies that are really good. We're going to know exactly where Zach Eady stands up to the best in the nation after this Portland trip. Who would we play in the final? I keep forgetting. I know it's. It would either be Duke, Xavier, Florida, or Oregon State. So if if you're looking at Duke, you're looking at a a, a couple different big guys, both of them freshmen. Um, You've got Kyle Filipkowski, 15 points a game, 11 rebounds right now. He's. He's a little more versatile. Um, he's taken 17 threes. He hasn't made a bunch of them, but he is comfortable out there shooting. Not a super huge body, um, but they also have Derek Lively, who's a 7-1 freshman and athletically off the charts. Um, he maybe weighs half of Edie, though. Very, very scrawny guy. So that would definitely be an interesting dynamic if we got there. And then Florida Gators have a big guy, Colin Castleton, who, as far as production, is actually outdoing uh, Zach Eady. 25.3 points a game, 8.8 rebounds. Um, he's a little bit of a do-everything guy. Not not much outside game. He likes to play inside. Um, he's already taken 65 shots on the year, shooting 57%. Um, moves around really well, really long. Um, so just uh, between those two guys alone, great challenge. And then uh, Jack Nunge, uh, you might recognize that game or name plays for Xavier now, but was at Iowa for a couple years. Um, really, he plays a lot like an Iowa big, um, decent body, good inside, good outside, um, can make plays for other people, really will play a lot in that handoff pick and roll action type of stuff. So uh, those are three of the better big guys in the country. Uh, and, you know, it'd be exciting to see Zach Eady go up against any, either of them. And, I mean, if last year's any indication, bigger the game, better the big man played, minus St. Peter's. Uh, (laughs) I don't want to talk about St. Peter's. I'm I'm having a good day, Casey. (laughs) I don't I don't need to talk about St. Peter's right now. Thanks a lot. (laughs) Hey, I was there. If I can get over it, you you can get through it. We'll be fine. Uh, uh, I just that that game hurt. So much. I, don't I don't know if that's the it. most painful we, we, loss. We but don't. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Yeah. No, but I, I mean, I mentioned all that and I haven't mentioned the obvious name. Drew Timmy is waiting in the second round. Drew Timmy, Zach Eady is major college 
two of the best big men going one-on-one two guys that are absolutely dominant in the post that want the ball. Both of them are around 30% usage rate. Um, Edie's passing is now it, it's not up to Timmy's level, but he's certainly getting there. Um, and the game has really slowed down for me. You can tell, and it would just be fascinating because Timmy has struggled in his career when he plays guys that are bigger than him. And, Zach E.D. qualifies for that, and his defense has been better. So uh, talk about someone that could really put a stamp on, hey, I'm not just a cute story about a really tall guy that used to play hockey. I am Mm -hmm. one of the five to ten best players in college basketball. And he has a chance on one of the biggest stages against one of the biggest names, a national player of the year favorite in Drew Timmy. And that's just a really exciting showcase early in the year for Purdue. And if you want to, you want to really stamp yourself as big man, you go, uh, go ahead and take on the, the indoctrined best center in the country and beat him with someone who was outside the top 300 recruits. Absolutely. And, you know, I think, I think 80 has been one of the most surprising recruits in the nation. And I mean, the unfortunate thing is, is I don't know how his game translates to the NBA and not our problem in a good yeah, well, it is our problem if he leaves after this year. <laughs> I mean, if he leaves, he leaves. I good yeah. for him. He won't. Li- I mean, Drew Timmy didn't leave. Drew Timmy wasn't guaranteed a first round draft pick. I think Zach Eady is a better prospect. Um, I think he physically moves as well as most of those guys that are six eleven to seven foot um, that can control an offense. He's pretty on par with them athletically. Only he's five inches bigger. So. There is still a place for that in the NBA. There are still some big guys that need big guys to defend them. Is he going to be the kind of usage guy he is in college ever in the NBA? Absolutely not. But he will have a career. And as much as he's added to his game every single year, I can't imagine how much he's going to improve when he's getting paid millions and has all his time and resources put into basketball. He's already shown that he's willing to do that. So. I'm not going to short stock his NBA career just because he's gigantic and a little bit out of favor of what the NBA wants. Cause there will always be room for seven foot four guys. I, th- I think he's destined for the G league or overseas. Nah. I don't, I don't see him carving out a consistent role in the league. I see him as like a ninth or 10th guy on a bench, throw him out there in the right lineups, but that's a long time from now. I'm more concerned about what he's going to do against uh a very difficult West Virginia team that we're going to play another Bob Coggins coach team that will, if Marquette didn't press us enough, West Virginia sure the hell that damn well will. And they've been really good at forcing turnovers. And once again, these young guys are going to get tested right away. West Virginia is forcing turnovers at a 26.9% rate. That's, that's a turnover Ooh. more than once every four possessions thing of nightmare. They're going to get after it too. So, yeah, I mean, it's fun that Purdue is getting tested this early and they're going to be tested by because West Virginia doesn't play anything like Gonzaga. So if we can get past West Virginia, it's going to be a whole new test. Gonzaga, their guards are um, adjusting pretty much everywhere to new roles, while West Virginia has a bunch of really tall athletic wings that can all score and handle the ball and defend. So I'm excited for this weekend basketball's back baby <laughs> well we're excited too as 
you're actually going to be in Portland, won't you? I am leaving Wednesday night. There we go. Because that's what we get to experience now that we have, you know, a budget and we're doing this full time is we're going to be on location. And yeah, it's exciting. Yeah, if you haven't seen it already, I uh, posted a big little primer for the tournament uh, just about an hour or two ago. That's a little bit on all the teams that'll be there who Purdue might play. Um, and yeah, we'll have live coverage all week. Absolutely. And with that, I think we can start winding this thing down. Uh, probably just some one last little final thoughts thing here. Jace, why don't you tell us a little bit about the women's game? Four and zero now, and Katie Gerald's hasn't played hard. I was up there today watching them against Indiana State since my son was selected as a ball kid, and uh, yeah, I, I'm liking it. Women's basketball is exciting again for Purdue, and they're like nine, nine, ten girls deep. They get and they get. I mean. It's no secret. Katie Gerald likes to get out and run. She has been harping more on defense uh, this year than she was last year, than I've ever heard her. Um, but they got long wings, Jayla Smith and Laisha Petrie. Laisha Petrie uh, was a transfer from Rutgers. She's leading the team in scoring now with 17 points a game. Um, I mean, you still got Madison Layden bringing the ball up. Cassidy Harden had a really big game this year. She – or this uh, – today – she reminds me a lot of that DJ Bird type role where she can step out and shoot the three, but she she also does a lot of the dirty work. It, it was a solid win today. Uh, they they were down three points midway through the second quarter, and then they ripped off a 41-10 to 10 run, which was really solid. They just put that game away, and it was, it was refreshing to see. And uh, I, I like that we can talk solidly about women's basketball again, and I, I think this could be a tournament team, don't you? Yeah I, yeah, I think that's the floor for this team. I think they'll definitely get into the tournament. I mean, they're just more deep than I've than I've seen, or deeper, I should say, than I've seen any of the teams be in in the last three, four, five years. Even uh, you, someone like Abby Ellis, who scored twenty nine in the last game, didn't score anything today. They didn't. She she only played like eighteen minutes. Just because they have so many different girls that can step up and, and go off. They've had four different leading scores through four games. And uh, like, like the men's team, we'll find out. They'll get tested this week. They're going to Cancun, where they will be playing Harvard, Florida State, and Oklahoma State. So a couple of big ones there. And, man, it would be nice to come back uh, from these trips 7-0 and on both sides. Well, 6-0 and for the men, 7-0 and for the women. So, yeah. any uh, any final thoughts from you, Casey, before we wind things down here? Nope. Yay for basketball. <laughs> Dynamite drop-in. This is why we pay you the big mm. bucks. <laughs> anyway, so that will wrap up our second edition of the Boiler Upload podcast. So, for Jace, for Casey, I am Travis Miller, your publisher of Boiler Upload, and we will see you next week. Boiler Upload.